right, ladies and gentlemen, somehow, some way, we talked about it last week, obviously going into one of the most meaningless games for the Philadelphia Eagles this season, if not the most meaningless. The Philadelphia Eagles are in the playoffs, and it's against the team I've been calling for for about a month or so, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome back to another episode, a playoff episode of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB with you. And joining me, as he did earlier this season, on a short week, now he joins me for Super Wild Card Weekend, the man, the myth, the legend, James Yarcho. Yeah, thanks for having me. I don't know about the the myth or the legend part of it, but I'll, I'll graciously accept. And yeah, it's fun to be back on here talking, and uh, who would have thought this would have been the matchup when we talked back in week six, but yeah, it's Bucks, Eagles, playoffs, there's something eerily familiar about this. Something eerie about the Eagles and Bucks, the Eagles and Tom Brady in the playoffs, all types of storylines going into this one. But I think we have to start with these two teams, obviously, like you said, played in week six. The Eagles were playing on a short week after a, you know, come from behind emotional win against, at the time, a pretty decent Carolina Panthers team. And I think the Eagles were the ones that that broke that team to their core uh, because after that they were not the same team. But then they go in short week, lose by six points to the Bucks, and a lot of Bucks players have said it, a lot of Eagles personnel and people have said it. These two teams are completely different from what they were back in week six. Obviously, a ton of injuries for the Bucks since then. The Eagles have kind of found their identity of what they want to do well, and from all looks at the weather, from what's being reported right now, it looks like the weather's going to play in favor of the Eagles because it's going to be raining on Sunday afternoon down in Tampa, James. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are a great running team, and and the key, obviously, for the Buccaneers is to contain Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts is a quarterback that can make you pay with his legs. He can convert on a third and eight, a third and 12 uh, with his legs if, if he finds a lane. And then Miles Sanders is kind of the, the big question mark, right? You know, Miles Sanders is a phenomenal running back, but he also has problems holding on to the ball at times. And, and somebody that I was speaking with last night said that yeah, he's dealing with a you know with a hand injury, which is going to hurt the ball security a little bit more. But there are other options there in Philly to run the ball, and they're very efficient at what they do. So it's it's strength versus strength, right? The Buccaneers' rush defense is one of the better ones in the NFL. They struggled uh, down the stretch, but as you said, you know they're dealing with injuries. No Levante David since uh, what was I think he left the week after the Saints game. Um, no Shaq Barrett or Jason Pierre-Paul the past couple of weeks. So that obviously is going to play into the run game. And, and if if Levante is back, there's still kind of a little bit of a question mark around him, but it sounds like Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul will be able to play. So can they contain the edges and keep Jalen Hurts in a pocket that Vita Vean and Dominican Sue are trying to collapse and, and try to neutralize Hurts' legs? That is obviously going to play in favor of the Bucks. But a sloppy game, rain coming down, um, yeah, you think this is probably going to be a, a slow-paced, low-scoring, ground-and-pound kind of game for both sides. And, you know, with the Bucks, there's been tons of, as uh, the fancy people would say, controversy uh, surrounding this team uh, just because of everything that happened with Antonio Brown when you guys were playing the Jets. Uh, you know, how much do you think that bleeds into the playoffs and, you know, just kind of having that that cloud over, you know, the team's head and the organization's head, because, you know, the media is going to try to continue to bring that up in terms of just like, 
hey, you know, there's there's this distraction that was around the Bucks, and now AB has officially been released. So I think from that standpoint, it's a positive for the Bucks. But how much do you think with the injury to Chris Godwin, where, where he's not going to be playing in this game, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette is expected to come back, but he hasn't played in quite a few weeks. Now AB is gone. There's some more injuries uh, to the wide receiver position last week. Mike Evans might not be 100%, but is expected to play in this game. The pass catchers in this game for Tom Brady don't seem to be what they've been, you know, in the past for him this season, last season, and even going back to some of his times uh, in New England. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady has done more with less, right? We've seen him create stars out of out of guys that, you know, would have a hard time cracking the starting lineup for the Patriots. So you had Cyril Grayson step up and play really well for a couple of weeks. Uh, he suffers the hamstring injury. He's doubtful for this game. But then Grayson goes out last week against the Panthers, and it's Brashad Perryman who steps up for the Buccaneers, and he's filling that role. Uh, a key matchup to watch for, for sure, are the Bucks' tight ends against the Eagles' defense. Without Gronk in Week 6, Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard combined for nine catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown against the Eagles. Now you put Gronk back in the fold, and you have three pass-catching tight ends that can do some damage over the middle of the field. It doesn't have to be huge chunk plays. We know Gronk is capable of that for sure. But all they need to do is move the sticks. You can have these long, sustained drives if on third and four, you're you're getting five yards from O.J. Howard. On second and seven, you're getting nine yards at a Cameron break, things like that. So they're definitely going to utilize their tight ends. They've run a lot of three tight end sets following the injury to Godwin and then still with, with some of the questions surrounding Antonio Brown before he came back and then after he left uh, so uh, unceremoniously. Um, so it, you still have Leonard Fournette, who was one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL before his injury. You have Le'Veon Bell, who has contributed mightily to the passing game over the course of the last couple of weeks. And you have Keyshawn Vaughn, who has run the ball well. Ronald Jones probably not going to play. I don't think they've said for sure one way or another, but it seems highly unlikely that he'll be involved. So you have Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Lev Bell there as your three running backs. And all of these guys can catch the ball. So it's going to be about what Tom Brady has always done, right? He's going to find the open man. He doesn't care if it's Jalen Darden or Mike Evans or Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller or OJ Howard. Uh, he's going to find the open guy. He's going to try to move the sticks and and have these long sustained drives that end with touchdowns. Now, I know uh, it's been slow goings for the Bucks to, to kick off games uh, as of late, and it's been that way for quite a while for the Philadelphia Eagles too. And uh, Greg Allman from The Athletic tweeted this out uh, earlier today and said that the Bucks have had slow starts lately, but Sunday is a key chance uh, to get out in front early with the Eagles uh, because the Eagles have been outscored 32-7 to in the first quarter of our last four games, and the Eagles have given up 100 first-quarter points, second most in the NFL, only behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, how key do you think it's going to be for Tom and, and this offense, no matter who's playing, to kind of get off to a, a quick start, especially with these weather conditions, to kind of go up early on the Eagles and kind of force the Eagles to play catch-up and knowing that, our style of play is running the ball, and that's not conducive to playing catch-up. 
Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's important, but it's not vital. In in spite of these slow starts, the Buccaneers have still been able to find a way to start the offense going later in the game. Last week against the Panthers, they had the ball for a minute and a half in the first quarter. They only had the ball for, I think it was a little under eight minutes in the entire first half, still came away with a 10 to seven lead. So it, it's definitely important. You want to force the Eagles hand in, in making Jalen Hurts throw the ball because that allows you to get Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea, a blitzing Devin White, a blitzing Levante, Antoine Winfield Jr. You rotate in Joe Tryon Shoinka, who has played really well. Um, you can start to get after Jalen Hurts a little bit. And if you're collapsing that pocket and getting the pressure on him, not giving Hurts uh, any kind of escape routes in order to use his legs, you can really start to to pile on early. If the Bucs don't come out and score a, a touchdown on their first drive or or they find themselves behind seven to nothing or seven to three after the first quarter, it, it's not a death sentence for the Bucs. They know how to kind of come together. They know how to get things going. And a lot of the of the past couple of weeks has been trying to utilize guys on the offensive side of the ball in ways that they haven't been utilized with the loss of Godwin, the loss of Antonio Brown, you know, the loss of Cyril Grayson, you're rotating all these different guys in and, and asking them to do things you haven't done all year. So it, it messes with the chemistry a little bit, but they seem to find a way to get that going with little adjustments here and there throughout the game, starting to figure out this isn't working. Let's switch it to this. This guy isn't working here. Let's move him to this slot, you know, things of that nature. So definitely important for either team to get an early lead in this game and control everything from there. But for the Bucs, like I said, it's, it's not of dire importance. If they fall behind a little bit, I don't think there's any reason for Bucks fans to panic. And we've said this on our show, you know, coming into the season for the Eagles, it's kind of like a free year. It's a, you know, free play, see what happens. If you get in the playoffs, great. If you go, you know, 5-11-1, whatever it is, great. Like, you know, it's kind of a see what happens with a rookie head coach, first-year starting quarterback. Obviously, the Bucks last year come in with Tom Brady at quarterback. They go win the Super Bowl. Now they win the division. They're the two seed in the NFC. Do you think there's more expectation on the Bucks this year after the performances they've had and kind of everything that they've had to overcome? Or was the the higher expectation last season with bringing Tom in, bringing in some of these weapons, and kind of just elevating the expectation of the organization from a standpoint of bringing in such a high-profile free agent and the best to ever do it at the quarterback position? I think the expectations leading into a season 
were higher this year than they were last year. Last year, yeah, you're bringing in the GOAT. You're trading for Gronk. You're signing Fournette. You sign Antonio Brown. Of course, that happened in the middle of the season. But you you bring in all those guys. But it was it was such a weird offseason, right? You know, there was no OTAs. There was an abbreviated training camp. There was no preseason because of all the COVID restrictions and protocols and all that. So you saw them trying to work through things throughout the year. And they didn't start to hit their stride until the end of the season. They go on a four-game win streak to finish the regular season, four-game win streak in the playoffs. Then you go out and you bring everybody back. Everybody that just participated in the drunkest parade in history and, and hoisted the Lombardi, everyone's back. So obviously it's, well, they have to win the Super Bowl again, right? You brought all these players back to do it again. You have to do it again. Then throughout the year at various points, you lose uh, you, you lose your number two corner in the first quarter of the first week. Then you lose Carlton Davis. You lost Jamel Dean. You signed Richard Sherman to come in and try to help that out. He only played in a couple of games. Now he's done for the year with the Achilles injury. You lost Gronk. You've lost Godwin. You've lost Evans. You've lost uh, Antonio Brown, Antoine Winfield Jr., Levante David, Devin White, all these major, major names that you have lost for periods of time due to injury. So a lot of this has been kind of overcoming that adversity, right? It, it's not something they went through last year. They were one of the best teams when it came to players missing games due to COVID. They didn't deal with any major injuries except for Vita Vea, who got hurt in the Bears game, returned for the NFC Championship. So I think the expectation is still that the Bucs make it to the Super Bowl, but it's more impressive if they do it this year, given all the injuries, all the distractions, all the issues, than when they did it last year because of all of the COVID. And you look at, you know, the Eagles now compared to the last time these two teams played. That Bucks game was the last time Zach Ertz put a Philadelphia Eagles uniform on. T's and P's, I still am thinking about this team having Zach Ertz at this moment. It would be phenomenal. Um, but you look at kind of how the Eagles offense has evolved from, you know, those early portions of the year where they tried to be throw happy. They tried to, you know, get Jalen Hurts going and it just wasn't working. Now they've like week in and week out just continue to break records or tie records set by the 1985 Chicago Bears. It's ridiculous. Every single week there's a new one. With this Eagles running game and like you said, kind of wanting to contain Jalen Hurts and knowing what he brings to the table from a perspective of the run game with so many options that the Eagles have to kind of, you know, get things going in the run game. How concerned is it, you know, if this Bucks defense is trying to key in on, you know, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Howard, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, that the Eagles pick up on that and then it's like, okay, let's try to hit Dallas Goddard over the middle. Let's try to get to Devontae Smith and try to beat them in the passing game where we know on paper the Bucks are weaker defending the pass than they are the run. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be real important. I think the key to this one, and, and we know Todd Bowles is going to dial up things that it is going to create pressure, create hits on Jalen Hurts. But essentially, you the Bucs need to treat this the same way back in, in the glory days of the Bucs defense, they treated the Atlanta Falcons, right? Derek Brooks was a dedicated spy on Michael Vick every single play. The Bucs need to do something like that with, I would, I would say Devin White needs to be that guy. 
just because Levante David does offer more in pass defense. He completely shut down Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. He's one of the most criminally underrated linebackers in probably football history. Um, Levante is just, he's more well-rounded in his versatility than Devin White is. That's not a slight against Devin White. Devin White's incredible, but Levante just offers more in the pass game. So you dedicate Devin White to that middle of the field, spying Hurts, but if Hurts is handing the ball off, you still have him right there ready to attack the run game, and, and you're needing to utilize Vita Vea the way that Vita Vea is always utilized, and that is blow up the interior. The faster he can wreck the interior of the offensive line, the better it is for the rest of the Bucks defense. So you have guys on the back end, especially with the injuries in the secondary. Jamel Dean, he's another question mark for this game. They've run a lot of, of looks with three safeties, Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Edwards, and Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead has played out of his mind for about the last month. But you you almost use Mike Edwards as kind of a nickel, and, and you have Antoine Winfield Jr. and Jordan Whitehead that kind of fall back and, and keep everything in front of them. So there's a lot of versatility in this Bucks defense, and there's a lot of options they have to both generate pressure, try to eliminate the run game or minimize it. You know, it it's, you're not going to eliminate the Eagles' run game, but you can minimize it as best you can, and, and that's what – you know, this Bucks defense prides itself on so much is, is their ability to shut down guys like Jonathan Taylor or Alvin Kamara or, you know, whatever other running back a team decides to throw at them. And when, when Bowles dials it up, he dials it up and, and it can create turnovers. It can create uh big time losses for the opposing offense. So I, I think that's really what the Bucks have to do here is they have to dedicate Devin White to Jalen Hurts, let Levante be Levante, and then use those big guys, Vey and Sue, wreck that interior. We all know the traditional big four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. And I think the other big aspect of the first time these two teams played was Lane Johnson was not available for the Eagles. He was right. out with right. you know his mental health break that he was on lane seems to be back you know ready to rock and roll uh since he returned from that i think that's a huge benefit for jalen hurts and this eagles offensive line to have everybody in the positions that they need to be in uh how much of a factor do you think it's going to be for this bucks defensive line now having to go up against a guy like lane johnson who is arguably one of the best right tackles to ever do it I mean, it's, it's huge for the Eagles, no question about it. And I think that's what, that's what makes this Bucks defense so good, right? Is there Todd Bowles ability to draw up things and, and almost send his best players away from the Eagles, best players. He's, he dials up those twists and those stunts. He will, you know, he'll send Shaq Barrett out there as a sacrificial lamb to tie up Lane Johnson. And then he'll send Jordan Whitehead or Antoine Winfield Jr. Screaming 
from the other side to get to Jalen Hurts. So he's so creative and he has so many good, fast playmakers on the defensive side of the ball that he could legitimately turn the addition of Lane Johnson into a weakness by utilizing his best pass rusher to tie him up. So Shaq Barrett could end the game with no tackles and no sacks, but because you know Lane has to focus on, on Shaquille Barrett, it opens things up for Devin White and, and for Vita Vea, for Jason Pierre-Paul, Joe Tryon Shoyinka, the, the safeties, the corners, all these other guys. So, you know, he's he's one of the best in the league at right tackle. There's no question about it. But they can they can absolutely turn it against the Eagles to create other opportunities. And then with this Eagles defense, too, I think they've kind of started to come into their own. Uh, they ended this season 10 times holding opponents to 18 points or less, which was second best only behind the Broncos this year, which, like, Watching the Eagles defense, you would have been like, how the hell did they accomplish that? But I, I think there are key components to this defense that as the season's gone on, they've gotten more confident. They've been able to kind of step up, make plays, create turnovers. How much of this Eagles defense worries you with what the Bucks offense will try to do with the weather conditions and everything that are expected? What kind of scares you the most about this Eagles defense going up against this iteration of the Bucks offense? I think what scares me the most is Darius Slay, right? Because Darius Slay is going to stick to Mike Evans. There's no Godwin. There's no Antonio Brown to distract his attention, correct? So if Slay is is lined up on Evans, you know, Evans could still potentially get, get some catches here and there, but they will focus on eliminating the Bucks' number one weapon, and that weapon is Mike Evans, no doubt about it. So if you eliminate Evans... And then all of a sudden, you're not on the same page with your with your tight ends because they're they're going to focus on let's take Mike Evans out, then we can take him out with one guy, right? Let's double Gronk, force Tom Brady to beat us with guys like Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller and Jalen Darden and uh, Lev Bell and, and Cameron Brayton, OJ Howard. So if if those if those connections are not there it could be a very long day for the buccaneers so slay's unquestioned elite talent shutting down mike evans or or that being the game plan worries me because of the ripple effect that it has on the rest of the team when they don't have their full array of weapons that they normally do but again i i'm, I'm not going to count out tom brady to figure out who to go to how to go there and if he just has to dink and dunk you know, three yards to Fournette, four yards to Vaughn, two yards to OJ, just all the way down the field, chew up eight, nine minutes of the clock to score some points, then that's exactly what they'll do. But you take away some of the explosive, high-octane plays that Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich love to run with guys like Evans and, and guys like Gronk, and it could turn on its head real quick, especially – if the Eagles are able to force a turnover, get a strip sack, things like that, this whole game can change in the blink of an eye with somebody like Slay going up against Mike Evans. Yeah, and I think that's where I look at this too, is, you know, Darius Slay right now, I trust him with my life. Uh, <laughs> I'd let him do, you know, whatever he needs to get done because he's been playing out of his mind. Uh, but you look at the way the Eagles have kind of struggled covering tight ends this year. Our right. linebackers are not even remotely close to the Buccaneers linebackers, and I envy you guys for that week in and week out. Um, but one guy has definitely stepped up, and that's TJ Edwards, and I think 
if the Eagles are able to get TJ Edwards in a position and, you know, potentially have like an Anthony Harris or a Rodney McLeod be that double team component on Gronk to have kind of the speed factor and that physical factor, I think that's the combination I'm looking for from the Eagles. And then you're able to have, you know, an Avante Maddox kind of drop back and, and kind of play like a, a hybrid nickel corner safety uh, that he's been able to play throughout his career. And he's had a phenomenal season this year too. But I think if you can kind of, you know, mix and match who you're using to cover a Gronk, that'll be a, a huge benefit for how the Eagles kind of try to attack this passing game for the Bucks. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't you don't want it to be the same guys every time, right? Because then Brady's going to read it like a book and he's going to know exactly where essentially three of the 11 defenders are at all times. So being able to run, you know, different bracket coverage or or being able to shift some guys around right at the snap and and keep Brady on his toes, that's going to be the key to making sure that He's not easily reading what the Eagles defense is going to do. The other big key, and and I know it's a tall task against an offensive line that was the best in the NFL in sack rate, uh, fewest sacks per per attempt, fewest quarterback hits per attempt. But the the key to beating the Buccaneers, getting their offense off of their game, something we've seen in every loss this season, is getting to Brady early. In that initial drive, maybe initial two drives, if the Eagles force a three and out, if they can hit Brady once or twice, sack him once in those first five to eight plays, it's it's set his timing off throughout the rest of the game. It's it's again, it's a ripple effect where if he's knocked on his butt early in the game, his internal clock speeds up a little bit and it throws off everything the the biggest example i can give is the game against the washington football team they got to brady early and often and he was off the rest of the day so the eagles have to find a way to generate the pass rush whether it's sending extra guys or being able to run some stunts get around such a solid offensive line but you have to knock brady on his butt early in this game to set off the tone for the rest of it, because it it will take a while to recover, especially when he doesn't have hands out there like Chris Godwin's and he knows he can just get the ball out real fast and, and pick up some yards because he doesn't have that guy that he trusts the way he trusts Godwin. Not to say he doesn't trust Grayson. He's been very public about that or that he doesn't trust Brashad Perryman, but it's different when you're talking about one of the best wide receivers in the national football league, where even missing you know, the last couple of games after that ACL tear, he still finished the year with 98 catches. That's how much Brady looked to Godwin to be the guy to keep drives going. So I, I'm not sure what the Eagles will be able to do to dial up that level of pressure. But I think if the Eagles are going to win this game on the defensive side of the ball, you have to get to Brady as early as possible. Otherwise, he's going to get too comfortable and he's going to pick him apart. Jonathan Gannon, I am going to send everything James just said right then and there. Pitch it. 
to everybody that you go on a head coaching interview for so you can get the hell out of Dodge and we can go hire Brian Flores. Um, <laughs> oh, Flores is going to be a head coach. He's oh, not 100% a anywhere. He shouldn't have been fired. It was insane. Was so thankful that, you know, we don't have to watch the Dolphins. <laughs> As Darius Rucker once said, the Dolphins make us cry. Yes. Uh, the, I think another, I think, odd aspect of this game, because there's going to be weather potentially involved, I, I heard somebody and... I never want to give credit to sports radio callers because I think they're absurd. But this one caller, don't remember what his name was, said, you got to end every drive with a kick. And I think that is yeah, huge for both teams in this game, whether or not you get in the end zone, you're kicking that extra point, or you're going for field goals. I think the field goal kicking game, depending on field position, where you know both of these defenses are kind of holding the offense is up and, and where you can move the ball down the field. I think field goals are going to be somewhat of a sneaky aspect of, of who comes out on top in this game. Yeah, no doubt about it. We saw clear weather and, and, and nice conditions last week against the Panthers. Ryan Suckup still slipped and fell and missed a kick. So it's it could turn into a game-changing play. It could swing all the momentum for whoever it is, if a kicker slips and and misses or slips and there's you know a fumble by the holder, they get scooped up and, and run back for a touchdown. But yeah, absolutely. Kicking is going to be vital in this one. Every point is vital in the postseason. Given the conditions, are we going to see these two teams forego the, the no longer gimme extra point to go for two because it's going to be a little bit safer to, to turn around and give the ball to Miles Sanders or shovel pass it to Lev Bell. Um, the the kicking game is it has made or broken so many playoff games, and it can't be underestimated. You're you're 100 right because it will absolutely change the outcome of this game if special teams is faltering or if you're relying on your special teams and they're coming through for you every single time. And I think on the flip side of that too, is, you know, if a drive does get stunted and, and you're halted at a spot where things aren't ideal and you do have to punt, I think the punters in this game too, being able to get off clean punts, you know, being able to hold onto the ball when it's snapped to them and pinning the opposition as far back as possible, you know, it's, it's a cliche and it's, you know, commonplace for punters, but with the weather conditions and being able to get off clean punts on Sunday, I think is going to be huge. Yeah. We might even see, you know, if these teams are kind of stuck in no man's land and it's, it's a little too far for the field goal, especially given the conditions, but you're at your own 49 or you're on the opponent's 46 and it's fourth and, and five or less. We might see both of these teams go for fourth downs a little bit more, than they normally would if it was just a nice, regular, sunny Florida day, 75, uh, partly cloudy. And again, that's something else that can absolutely turn a game on its head. If if the Eagles are down 13 to three in the third quarter and all of a sudden they convert on a fourth down at midfield and they get in the end zone, that could be enough of a momentum swing to lead to the Eagles getting the ball back quickly, marching right back down the field and and getting another score and taking a lead. So special teams is it's a part of the game that everyone kind of takes for granted until something goes wrong. 
you know, when your kicker misses a kick, you're like, oh, cut that guy. Hire hire somebody off the street that can kick a ball. Or the punter shanks one, and it only nets 21 yards, and all of a sudden the opposing team is set up with great field position. Um, you, you kind of forget that, that special teams is even there until it costs your team something. Yeah, 100%. And I think – this game is going to just, you know, be added to the history books of Eagles Bucks and Eagles Brady uh, in the playoffs and, and just the the absurd lore that there is with these two teams. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, I do think the Buccaneers will, will get this one done. And my co-host David Harrison and I, we don't agree on Jalen Hurts at all. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of Hertz. I really like him a lot. I think Philadelphia is set up for the next couple of years. And I know there are plenty of Philly fans that aren't buying in because he does have some some issues. But to me, the issues the, that he has, especially trying to connect on on some of these deep pull, uh, deep passes, um, they're fixable. They're not they're not up here. They're over here. And, and I think once he's able to get a quarterback coach in there that can really, really groom him, he is going to be an absolute weapon in the NFC. Uh, you guys are in the NFC East. Took me a minute. Um, he's going to be a weapon for years and years and years. But I don't think that this Eagles team is ready to win this level of playoff game. So I'll take the Bucks to win this one 30 to 17. I think playoff Lenny is going to be back. He's well rested. Uh, he's got those legs ready to ready to go. And then I I think the Brady Gronk connection is going to be a huge one in this game going up against. Even if they are doubling Gronk, if if Gronk has one on one, he's open. If he's doubled, he's probably still a little bit open. And and Brady will find a way to get him the ball and, and move those sticks. <laughs> Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you it's already know. I think that's we, how it always goes. Like like 45 like, minutes and we're at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, and like we did last time, James, I always ask our, our guest a, a fun little question. And I don't know about you, but I am I'm quite angry. And they're in my doghouse, the Los Angeles Rams, for losing that game oh, uh, against the 49ers. Because if it would have happened, the Eagles and Bucks still would have been playing each other just as the three and the six seed. 
And if the TV scheduling stayed the same and three and the six seed, two and the seven seed and, and the four and the five are playing on the networks, they are, we would have had a three versus six Eagles Bucks matchup for the Nickelodeon broadcast. <laughs> and I can't tell you how fun it would have been to have Eagles Bucks Tom Brady in the Nickelodeon broadcast having, you know, SpongeBob field goal nets, slime time touchdowns. If this game were to have happened on the Nickelodeon broadcast, who do you think Bucks fans would have voted for the MVP award uh, that they gave to Mitch Trubisky in year one uh, of the Nickelodeon broadcast? It probably would have been Brady, unless somebody had a, a crazy game. I could see them voting for Gronk just because Gronk's a big kid. Um, but it, it ultimately probably would have gone to Brady unless you had seen a 100-yard, two-touchdown performance out of Leonard Fournette. Um, I know I know Fournette got some sort of Nickelodeon award after the Indianapolis Colts game that, that Gronk gave to him. So fans voted for, for that one as well. But I, I do have to say, as disappointing as that is, uh, the scheduling worked out in my favor. I'm actually leaving on Friday. My son is playing in the Rock and Roll Cup Invitational Tournament in Cleveland for hockey. And it just so happens that his one of his games doesn't start until 4.30 on Sunday. So I have that, I have that Buccaneers-Eagles window open that I, uh, that I get to watch the game. So uh, I'll catch what I can of the Nickelodeon broadcast, but I, I'm perfectly fine with Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yeah, I was looking forward to Eagles fans just going all in on voting for like Boston Scott or Greg Ward to win the MVP and them getting slimed after the game, uh, you know, and also seeing Bruce Arians get slimed would have been hilarious. Uh, but, you know, there's always next year for the Nickelodeon broadcast, but it's also kind of gross that we have to watch the Dallas Cowboys play in the Nickelodeon broadcast because they're like anti-Nickelodeon. Uh, yeah, it's just not it's not fair. Well, nobody's going to root for the Cowboys anyway, except for Cowboys fans. And that's true. You know, we'll we'll all rally against the Cowboys, and we want a Nickelodeon friendly team to win that game. And Jerry Jones is not that. Exactly. So hopefully, Dak, Debo gets slimed. Dak kind of is, though. I a little see, bit. I could see Dak like binge watching SpongeBob in the off season. Oh yeah, and I'll bet he was real big on into uh, all that and Keenan and Kel when he was a kid. 100 <laughs> percent uh so james it's always a blast uh, i'm sure we'll be talking on sunday when this game is going down let everybody know where they can check out the podcast and everything you do covering the bucks yeah i am the deputy editor of bucksnation.com i will have my bucks eagles preview dropping on bucks nation on friday uh i do the the weekly previews for every game over there and do a fun little post game column so if the eagles end up winning and uh, and people want to read about it from a Bucks perspective. That'll drop on on Monday. I call it Yarko's Pick Six um, podcast. Locked on Bucks, uh, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, constant Bucks coverage. Uh, we welcome. We have plenty of of Bucks haters, especially when they play the Saints in the comment section over at YouTube. So we welcome all uh, all opposing fans to check out the show and see what we're saying about the upcoming game. And uh, yeah, on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks. It's been a pleasure, man. And uh, looking forward to Sunday's matchup. Absolutely. Enjoy the game. Just don't enjoy it too much. <laughs>
Thank you guys for listening and checking out Eagles Enemies. The support for this show is the reason it sticks around year after year. Make sure you guys are following us on social media at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you check out our website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast, be a friend, tell a friend. And subscribe, 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 and leave a five-star rating and review to let us know how you're feeling about each and every Eagles matchup throughout the season. We hope you guys enjoy Season 4 of Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia, and we'll catch you on the gridiron next week. Go Birds! Go Birds!